0: Ladies and gentlemen, yo fellas, welcome into another two-game NBA slate, and I know some people out there probably maybe getting tired of two-game slates, I'm getting re-energized, I'm having a good time out here right now, because we get to dive deep, like when it's a 12-game slate, you can't really dive deep, you can try and dive deep, but you can't dive super deep, you're diving into pool and you're hitting your head on the three-foot motherfucking kiddie pool, Right now, we can dive up into that 8- to 12-foot Olympic-style pools and get really deep into it. So we're going to do that again. And for the sake of time, we're going to do it and get right on into it right now. So like and subscribe if you enjoy this content. Two-game slates so will be live again an hour before lockdown. Yesterday, we had a great showing. 5,000 people were watching and tuning in for that live stream. So if you want to be one of those people, get your questions and answers in and get your schmacks all in order. Ended up yesterday winning a whole bunch of dollar rooskies on prize picks. A lot of people in the community are, are one that we ended up going with in this show and on the live stream. Hit very nice for 10x. Let's do it all again today. Let's start off with Atlanta today out of the one of the four teams, as they're now 1-0 in this series. They come in as an underdog in this game, and they currently have no DeAndre Hunter from Game 1. He is a game-time decision in this game, and that's not great. Like, DeAndre Hunter is a good stretch three. He's not McCall Bridges level, which we just saw last night, but he's a good stretch three who can play defense and shoot the ball. He's younger, right? So that's going against him, so more experience will be a positive, but They need him on a Tobias Harris, and he didn't play in that last game, and he had a week to kind of prepare for that last game. So that's concerning because how healthy can he really be two days later as a game-time decision today? I'm projecting him in right now for 30 minutes, but it's not something that I feel comfortable with. The other reason why is because right knee soreness is the injury that he dealt with during the season that made him miss a whole bunch of times. So when you factor that in of him missing a month plus just for that injury, and now it's sore again, is there something really serious going on here that's the concern, and obviously that would then affect his play. So in game one, they scored 42 points in the first quarter, this Hawks team, and Bogdanovich and the rest of the team was just hitting every three possible. They had six guys attempt four or more threes. They were fantastic from three-point range, shooting in this game, 43% on 47 attempts. You can't have that many attempts in a game. And look, Trey Young was fine. He shot like 47% from the field, 33 35% from three. It wasn't like an outstanding game. He was fine. He had a very good game, but it wasn't outstanding, and they were able to put up 128 points against the Sixers. The Sixers have problems trying to guard Trey Young. And it's not as simple as saying, oh, Ben Simmons just put him on Trey Young. No, because that happened in the third quarter and Trey Young did whatever he wanted to Ben Simmons. That's the issue. Like Ben Simmons can be a defensive player of the year, but it's a different story when you are a, a size, almost seven foot player and you're going up against a shifty guard who has handles and we saw that it put ben simmons into third quarter foul trouble and that's a concern so Trey young was fantastic they started off major 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 lead and while atlanta was doing everything right philly was doing everything wrong in terms of not just missing some shots but also Turnover City for them. We can talk about that more when we get into the Philly side of it, but let's focus more so on Atlanta today. And we're going to talk about props. We're going to talk about player props and betting, and we're going to talk about DFS, of course. I'll give you every single team's top plays for daily fantasy sports, where I'm at in the prop markets already placed a wager today on three props. And then also we can get any liens that we have on some of these games here today. So here's basically what happened in that first game from Atlanta side. It's very simple to break down what Atlanta was doing in that game. I mean, they were just making fucking shots. They made 53, 43% of their three-pointers and Traeo, was aggressive Trae Young was driving he was getting by anybody in front of him Ben Simmons included was easily getting by Danny Green and lots to talk about Doc Rivers rotations and how terrible they were I think everybody kind of noticed that from game one easily getting by Danny Green and when he wasn't getting all the way to the basket because Joel Embiid was on the court for 38 minutes in this game and not very mobile so it's kind of just having a guy statue in the paint when Embiid in the regular season when he's not injured and has a meniscus tear in his motherfucking knee, he can get out to the three-point line, but they couldn't do that in this series. So it was dish it out. Trey Young dish it out twelve times. Five of them made for Bogdanovich in this game. Dish it out. Solomon Hills taking seven threes in this game, making a few of them, right? Dish it out. Trey Young himself pulling and popping at time off of screens. So that was basically the game plan. And they noticed that Embiid wasn't mobile on defense. So it was like five on four on defense anytime you wanted to dish it out, which means there's always going to be an open three-point shooter. And if there's not an open three-point shooter, it's because you're not fully crashing on Trey Young and he's going to the basket. So that's the concern. That is the concern, and it's easy to kind of get on this. You can just put guys on the court who can switch a little bit better and maybe even potentially stay on Trey Young better. That's where Matisse Thybulle and George Hill may come into play today, projecting them both for a little bit more run than they got in that last game because I think they're going to be a lot more needed than Danny Green. Danny Green's threes are great. But he is uh, not the worst on defense, but he's not going to be able to guard Trey Young. And if that's the case, his body needs to come off the court more because Seth Curry is playing very good on offense and playing massive minutes. Game one ended in a really weird way with a bunch of fouls and the team scoring 11 points in 13 seconds, which is absolutely insane. But here's what I'm projecting for this game. And now let's start to get into this. So here's what I'm projecting for Atlanta in this game in their minutes right now. The only thing you're not seeing is a couple of minutes from one, Lou Williams and Onika. I gave them 10 minutes apiece. So I'm giving a little bit more run. So I'm projecting in hunter if Hunter's is out well then take his 30 minutes out and give them to solomon hill gave tony snell another like two to four minutes and you can throw an extra minute or two on kevin hoarder kevin hoarder closed that last game out i would expect that to be deandre hunter in this game if indeed he is healthy so trey young massive minutes he's an interest of mine bogdanovich massive minutes 37 he got in a little bit of foul trouble in that last game lost about two or three minutes in the second quarter and he still played 36 minutes in the game so 37 might actually be low on him collins played fine collins looked good in that game i think he's uh, sort of an underrated piece in this series but he looked good overall Outside of that, though, it's pretty straightforward for this team. We know what their starters are going to be. We just have to wait on the health of DeAndre Hunter. They already tipped their cap in Game 1. That Solomon Hill will start for him. I would not be shocked to see if Kevin Hoarder is in the starting rotation, though, if indeed they wanted to switch some things up. Don't expect Lou Williams to see much run. Don't expect Tony Snell to be in the rotation if Hunter is playing. And Gallinari was kind of an odd man out on this. He has some offense, but he provides really nothing on defense, and when the rest of their offense was going off, he's not really needed out there. So for fantasy today, the way that I would rank this team out right now for a point per dollar from my projections over on Patreon... I encourage you to check out help with player props help with your betting lines and obviously help with your daily fantasy sports lineups whether it's because we have the lineup optimizer the rankings projections whatever it might be top player pools Trey Young, John Collins, Bogdanovich are my top three interests and then after that hunter if he plays capella and kevin horder those are the six guys i have in a player pool right now from this team currently do not have any props in for this team and have no bets on atlanta but i do have a bet on the philadelphia side of this and i'll look over to that side right now in philadelphia as we can see right here is a little bit interesting a lot of things went wrong in this game whether it was from coaching whether it was from sloppy play and the sloppy play was probably induced by some coaching putting on some inexperienced units that are not great players altogether on the court and leaving those units on there so this is a gross game one, and I don't expect this to be indicative of the rest of the series. Now, Joel Embiid's health, he's questionable today, will be pretty important, of course. He looked good on offense. He looked fantastic on offense, but like we said, he was a little bit immobile on defense. So that's going to have to get better for you. But Philly has defensive issues in this series, and it all stems from Trey Young because what he's able to do. When Joel Embiid, then we already kind of broke it down, Joel Embiid's immobile. Trey Young's getting to the basket, he's getting by anybody in front of him. Ben Simmons, after the game, said, I want to be on Trey more. Well, Ben Simmons, you were on Trey in the third quarter and he did anything he wanted against you, Mr. Defensive MVP of the year. And if you're a Sixers fan out there and that's taking it to heart, you're just too prideful, right? And I get it. You're a fan of the team, but Ben Simmons was getting cooked. And sure, oh, the fouls are so touchy and things like that. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. When a guy's getting by you and you put your hands on him, it potentially is going to be a foul, right? So, yes, not much anybody can stay in front of Trey Young. And I don't think they're going to ever put Danny Green back on him in this series that's for damn sure. Trey Young was cooking Danny Green left and right. But the real issue in this game was the sloppy play. The turnovers, they had 19 turnovers. They had seven turnovers in the first quarter. And oh yeah, they had five turnovers on eight possessions when their second unit was on the team. A second unit did not score in five straight minutes. The end of the first quarter in the first four and a half minutes of the second quarter, they did not score a point. And that's when Atlanta started to break things off. I mean, Atlanta already had like a 15 point lead at the end of the first quarter, started that run against this secondary unit, went on a 17 0 run. Not a single point, scored in over five minutes by the second unit, that second unit that featured a second unit. I'll pull up some of the minutes right now for Philadelphia. A second unit that featured Matisse Steibel. A defensive catalyst, fine, nothing on offense. Uh, Dwight Howard, who is not really providing much on offense these days outside of just some paint shot, layups, rebounds, that type of stuff. Furkan Korkmaz, who's barely played in the postseason. He has a jumper to him, that's about it. Tyrese Maxey, again, a rookie, not much experience at all. And George Hill, the biggest veteran of this and who was ball handling. So Doc Rivers thought it was a great idea to put out a bunch, their most inexperienced lineup altogether, not leave a Tobias Harris, not leave a Ben Simmons out there to control this unit, not even a Seth Curry to control this unit, right? They put basically four guards out there. Maybe you can say like Korkmaz and Or small forwards, and then they go with a static center in Dwight Howard. Not much shot creation at all in that offense. When Tyrese Maxey and George Hill have to be the dominating forces on your unit for a six to seven minute rotation, and then you call a timeout and you leave that unit in, that's bad coaching by Doc Rivers. We can scrutinize coaching and we don't have all the facts all the time, but that is some pretty clear bad coaching. When a team's on a 17-0 to run, you call a timeout and you continue to leave that in that unit in for another minute or two. So sloppy play from a sloppy unit and sloppy coaching, in my opinion. And obviously, when you're on a 17-0 run and you're already down by 10 points in the game, yeah, when you get down that big in the game, Atlanta's biggest lead being 26 in this game, it's really hard to come back from that. And Philadelphia did in the third and fourth quarter, but it's really hard to end up coming back from that. So you can see some of the minutes on the screen right now. I'm not giving Joel Embiid his full 38. He's probably really sore, but I think he can play it. We obviously saw it in game one. I gave him 36, Tobias Harris, 36. The starters are basically getting big minutes. Danny Green's the one guy I can see whose minutes come down because defensively, and this is the postseason, threes in defense, his threes are there sometimes, but they don't need him as much when you have Seth Curry out there balling and guys off the bench like George Hill can get hot in that standpoint. corkmas to an extent. But his defense is the concern here. So if they wanted to go out there and give Matisse Steibel, who I have for 20 minutes right now, instead of giving Matisse Steibel, and we can scroll to see the rest of the minutes on this team, you give Matisse Steibel 30, 30 minutes or 28 minutes, those minutes probably directly come off of at the expense of Danny Green. So there's a chance Danny Green only plays 24, 25 minutes today because of his defense and not being able to be out there as much when Trey Young's out there. And Trey Young plays 38 to 40 minutes in this game today. So that's going to be a little bit of a concern. So I much prefer Seth Curry, whose minutes are just so much more locked in at $5,000 than Danny Green at $4,700 from this team. But all of those main four starters look appealing to me today. Joel Embiid, as it stands right now, is my highest projected player on the day, not by a massive amount, by about a point and a half over one Kawhi Leonard, but if your name's not Kawhi Leonard, he's projecting out by about eight and a half more points than anybody else on the slate. So Joel Embiid looks really good for me today. He's questionable. We are going to assume that he plays, but we'll see how that one goes. If they were up one nothing in this series, there's a decent chance he doesn't play in this game for more rest if there's soreness. But being down 0-1, really tough. If you go down 0-2. As for the rest of this, I could see guys like Maxi picking up some more run, but I think the biggest pieces to pick up more run would be one George Hill and two Matisse Thybul. I gave George Hill 16 minutes. He only played like 10 or 11 in that first game. There's a chance he could play even more there. From a DFS standpoint, $3,400, I think it puts him in a player pool. Fiable in that first game played about 17, 18 minutes because of his defense. I think there's a chance he could play more because right now, your best chances of guarding Trey Young are probably, in my opinion, in this order, Fiable, but you get like a zero on offense there. Ben Simmons, you can get a little bit more on offense, of course, but not much shots. And then George Hill from both an experience and defensive standpoint. Those are the three guys who can guard him. Not Danny Green. Danny Green would be at best my fourth option at best. So with that being said, Danny Green likely sees a hit to minutes, and if the coaches make adjustments, which you would hope they do for the money that they get paid to do their job, Missy Stiebel sees an increase and so on and so forth for George Hill. So right now from this Philadelphia 76ers team, I actually have them, and I ended up taking them on the spread in this game. I expect a bounce back. I don't expect that was bad of rotations where they'll go on 17 to 0 runs without scoring. I don't expect as many sloppy turnovers. I don't expect Trey Young's team to shoot 47 threes and make 43% of them, right? A lot of things went well. Obviously, when you score 128 points without your superstar, I mean, he had a good game, but having an over-the-top 60% shooting game, A lot has to go right for you. A lot has to go wrong for the other team. And Philadelphia was still able to get it within a couple of points down the stretch because of sloppy end of the game play by Atlanta. So I'll take the spread. It's at like minus five in some spots right now with Philadelphia. I'll take their spread there. My interest on this team in ranking order as it stands right now, Joel Embiid. Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Danny Green, Matisse Thybulle, George Hill. Those are the seven guys in a player pool. And now we can get into the second game of the series, Utah and LAC, which, look, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, we wanted a better, more competitive series. And I don't think it's quite over yet. I still think the series goes six games. Milwaukee's gonna eventually stop shooting 20% from three and not getting any foul shots and not making any foul shots. And maybe Giannis will stop shooting jump shots all the time. And Brooklyn, they're probably not going to fall completely off a cliff offensively, but maybe slow down from shooting like 60%, 65% Kevin Durant, but we'll see. What I'm leading into there is that the Utah and Clippers series is the probably best series we're going to see in the postseason outside of a finals appearance between the Clippers or Jazz, whoever wins this series, really, in the finals against Brooklyn. You could say which one about the Suns, but right now Vegas is saying that the most likely scenario for the NBA finals is Utah versus Brooklyn and then the second most is the Clippers versus Brooklyn so this should be a very very good series and why is it going to be a good series well what you're having right now is top three shooting teams top three total defense teams top three when it comes to half court offense and half court defense on both teams and then also top five when it comes to both teams three-point shooting and three-point defense so it's going to be a very fun and interesting series. A lot of those things usually lean to go the under when it comes from a total standpoint, especially in game ones, as people want to usually take the overs. Now the Clippers are coming out of a series where there wasn't as many points scored every single game against Dallas. So maybe people go under there, but in general, people like to bet the overs. So I lean under in this series, or at least in this specific game. Now we can start on the Clippers side where the one big thing in terms of rotations changing here is that I think Pat Beverly is going to play. Pat Beverly was by far the best player in the regular season for the Clippers when they faced this Utah team a couple times, guarding Don. Mitchell, and it really wasn't even that close. We could pull up the double box for the Clippers' minutes today. I currently have Pat Beverly, and you don't see his minutes on the screen. I have him at 16 minutes, and there's a chance that they play more here. This Clippers team, also uh, courtesy of uh, David Locke on the Locked On Podcast Network for the Utah Jazz, he put this stat out there. The Clippers are a totally different team now in the postseason, not because, oh, it takes more guts and stuff. No, they're literally structured differently now. they they have played in the postseason more small ball without a center on the court minutes than they did all of the regular season. Literally one series, seven games. That's all it took for them to play more small ball, which means Marcus Morris has been playing at the five. Zubak only played like two minutes in game seven. I don't expect Zubak to play much in this series at all. Would not make much sense to me. Zubak against Rudy Gobert is not much of an advantage. Nowhere near it. Maybe the biggest disadvantage in all of basketball between two players. And then on the opposite side of that one, Zubak's defense would get absolutely destroyed by anybody coming down, let alone Rudy Gobert. So I'm not expecting Zubak to play much at all in this series. I currently have him at five minutes today and that might honestly be high, which is the first thing I want to touch on for the sponsor of the program is prize picks. You just take the over under on their own player props. We won yesterday 10x, we won a couple hundred dollars yesterday. A lot of people were ended up winning thousands of dollars in the Discord. So if you are interested in trying to win thousands of dollars or a couple hundred dollars, you can either tail this prop or any other props you want to, but zubox right now is fantasy points or over under fifteen fantasy points on prize picks. I have zubox today for three point eight fantasy points. I think there's a chance he doesn't play a single minute in this series or in this game at least. So zubox under fifteen is where I'll go right now. We can touch on the other ones when we get there. Corkmass under 10, since we already talked about Philly. I only have Korkmaz at around seven fantasy points today. And if anything, I think he loses minutes to George Hill and or Matisse Thibault because of defensive reasons. Talk about Marcus Morse when we get there. But if you want to tail this one, link down below. They'll also give you, not only can you win money by tailing this, and we're feeling real good about it. You can also, you can also, you can also get free money from Price Picks to play with by just using the code SAO when you sign up. Any money you put in on your first deposit, they will double you. So if you put in 25, you get free money. 25, you put in 100, you get free. $100, literally free credit to gamble and wager with. So that's the first thing with rotations is seeing likely more Patrick Beverly out there, especially in some closing run lineups. If they go small ball, you might see some more Beverly out there if defense is needed on their end for the Clippers. Outside of that, you'll see help defense with Batum and Marcus Morris. I don't know if they play 40 minutes and 38 minutes like they were towards the end of that last series because it was like game six and game seven elimination games. But I gave both, as you can see on the screen right now, decent minutes, 33 minutes for Marcus Morris, 33 minutes for Nicholas Batum. I expect those guys to both start again with Kawhi and Paul George and we'll end up seeing if they start small and and if they start small and continue to start small, Marcus Morris, you probably see Reggie Jackson start again and Pat Beverly come off the bench, Luke Kennard come off the bench and Terrence Mann come off the bench. Those guys will be more so involved from a three-point standpoint. It's pretty straightforward how they're going to play in this one. Do whatever you want if you're Kawhi Leonard. And on the defensive side of this one, I don't really know who's going to try and slow Kawhi Leonard. In the regular season, they try to slow Kawhi Leonard with a Royce O'Neal and with a Bogdan Bogdanovic. And it was decent, but it was like a two-game sample. It wasn't the Kawhi Leonard in the postseason that's taking over with 40% usage in some of these games. So uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously... Paul George, do whatever you want from a mid-range standpoint and go from there. And when you start to drive, you're going to get the open shots, which is why I don't think Rondo will play much in this series because Pat Beverly's defense, I think comes a little bit more on the court. He matches up but much better against Donovan Mitchell than Luka Doncic. Pat Beverly was not playing in the first series a little bit because he's gimpy, but mainly because he couldn't stop Luka Doncic. And there's no other reason for you to be on the court if you're not going to be on offense. So I think they at least give him a chance to try and stop some Donovan Mitchell. Now, if there's no Mike Conley in this game, maybe it's a little bit less of a need to put Pat Beverly out there because there's one less guy that you have to worry about so you can kind of burn maybe a Kawhi at times on a Donovan Mitchell or just say hey you just try your best out there right now Marcus Morris and Batum on Mitchell if we really need to put Pat, Pat Bev in we will but we'll take a better offensive lineup so there's definitely a good amount of ways that this thing can go right now but that's the way that I expect it to happen I expect Terrence Mann and Luke Kinnar to actually get some decent run into this low to mid-teens because of their three-point ability the pick and pop if it's isos for Kawhi and Paul George off of those isos in small ball lineups which is what you're going to see is exactly what the small ball lineup does is just pop threes so marcus morris more attempts from three right luke Kennard, nicholas batum all these guys should be getting out there so i think you get less rondo from a three-point standpoint not the guy you want to have out there as opposed to maybe the luke Kennards and the terrence manns now they're not going to be great on defense but that's where the chess pieces come in later on if you actually need that defense with a patrick beverly so for the clippers right now my rankings for the clippers and my interests are clearly Kawhi Leonard, he might be my favorite play in the slate. Uh, And we'll talk about those top six plays at the end of the video if you stay around for DraftKings. So it's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Batum, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann. Those are the guys in a player pool for me. We can talk about the final piece of this little, little prop contest that we entered over on Picks is Marcus Morris over 21 points. Marcus Morris shot terribly in five of the seven games, and he got to like 20 to 21 points in two of those. The other two, we blew him straight out of the water with 35 plus point fantasy days when he actually shot better than like 30%. I have Marcus Morris potentially under projected today, and he's still projecting forward. 24 fantasy points which is three more than this one so i have these runs right now you can tell them down below on prize picks if you were indeed interested over marcus morris under cork moss and under Zubox. actual fantasy scores we can talk about more later on on the live stream and then the last team to talk about right now is just utah and utah is really going to depend especially from a switching standpoint from what they can do on offense as just dominating guards and not putting jordan clarkson's defensive liabilities out there joe engel's lack of efficiency from an offensive standpoint out there mike conley is going to matter a lot there's a big problem with mike conley right now there's a massive problem during the regular season, this injury was taking him and he injured it in the last game against Denver. He only played like 11 minutes. He practiced some on Monday but was not a full participant. It's a hamstring injury which during the regular season was taking him about two weeks, 14 days to come back from He's only had a couple days right now. So if I had to guess, in the regular season, he wouldn't be playing. It's the postseason. You try and get the first win right here in a very competitive series where you're actually favorites. I think it's unlikely that he actually plays. I'm projecting him to play because we can just adjust it when the time comes. But this is going to be an injury that I think actually lingers and impacts him somewhat. Now, if he doesn't play, you can have an advantage by going in the prop markets and taking the overs right now and hoping he doesn't play. There's a risk to that, obviously, if he does play. But it seems unlikely in the regular season he'd not be playing. He's questionable we'll have to see what his pain management is and we're really not going to know that it's a game time decision I think that Utah might go zone on defense because they just don't have the personnel especially if Mike Conley is out they have no personnel to try and guard the Paul George Kawhi Leonard's like when Kawhi Leonard has Royce O'Neill on him and Paul George has Boyan Bogdanovic on him I mean it's just all day one-on-one matchups there you try and crash it all in those it's wide open three-point shots like it was a lot of the time in the Dallas series and in those final two games of the series they actually started to make some of those shots shout out Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson so I don't think Royce or Bojan stand a chance against these guys we can pull up right now the Clippers minutes onto the screen for all of you, or Utah's minutes onto the screen for all of you at home. And if you're still watching, like, subscribe, do all those things. These minutes, these projections, all that stuff is on Patreon down below. I appreciate everybody tuning into these videos. So, the minutes are on the screen right now. Donovan Mitchell is by far my favorite player from this team right now. Got him projecting out for close to 45 fantasy points from a props market, from a DFS market. If you're talking about rotations here, I think Royce O'Neill has a lot of minutes floor security because of his defensive abilities. He's that stretch McCall Bridges type player, just not as good of a three point shooter. I think he has a lot of stability to his minutes. Obviously, Mitchell and Gobert have stability to theirs. Bullion to an extent, as like the only other good defender. But guys off the bench, they might have to dust off a new player. I don't know if they do that right away way in, the, in game one that is not played in the playoff rotation because Niang is not going to offer them much in the series. Favors is just strictly backup for 12 to 14 minutes. They might have to dust off another player and get some more defense out there just for specialty use and some of Niang's minutes, but it's not going to matter all that much from a betting perspective. So Utah is pretty straightforward here. We just have to see what happens with Mike Conley. If Mike Conley's out, expect more ball handling responsibilities for both Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and expect some more Jordan Clarkson's offense in the rotation, but not much of his defense. Right now, ranking for me is Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Royce O'Neal, Bojong Davanac, and Jordan Clarks and those six players in that order are my top plays from using And my top overall interest on this slate from a six- Top six, top six, top six ranked players right now. I currently have on Patreon, which you can check out down below. I have a player pool currently for this two game slate of 26 players. And in that player pool, is yeses, which means priorities is 13. Here are six of those 13 right now. You can see the payup options in Kawhi and Embiid are the guys that I like. I'm pretty high in Donovan Mitchell. And for value, Seth Curry at $5,000 is currently looking like my favorite value play in the slate. Some other value options are Marcus Morris and Nicholas Batum right now. There's punting options like Terrence Mann, Matisse Diable, George Hill in the 3K range. And then DeAndre Hunter, if he plays Kevin Horder, looks even better if Hunter doesn't play as some other value pieces. But that's where we're at from a DFS standpoint. We talked about the props. In terms of betting lines right now, I have the Clippers as underdogs. I'll take them at plus three. You can get them at plus three and a half at some spots, plus four even. And I have the Joel Embiid Sixers, assuming he plays, hopefully I already took it as the favorites I took. So the Sixers, even the Series 1-1, and the Clippers to get up 1-0 in this series on the road against Utah. So that's where we're at, gang. Thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you all in advance. We'll be live later today. We'll also have an NFL video dropping around noon Eastern time today. It's a quick little 10-minute video if you want to check it out. NFL content dropping daily as well until that season starts during the weekdays. And NBA content smacking you all day long. So we'll see you on the live stream later today. Like, subscribe before you go. Support the sponsor of the program today. Prize Picks. you can check out those props. And if you're not already familiar, if you stayed all the way to the end, if you're not already familiar with what Superdraft is, they have a contest today with $7,500 in there they have it's a small field contest which is what i like and it's just a multiplier format you can play whoever you want my top projected plays on Superdraft today in this order rank Kawhi Leonard Paul George Joel Embiid and Trey Young but if you're looking for a sneakier type play Seth Curry has a 1.75x multiplier you can check it out down below if you put any money in they'll give you a $25 instant match with that link and the code sal but it's a pretty fun to- format you don't have to worry about salaries as much that is going to be super Jeff, the other smackaroo sponsor in part for this show see you all in the next one this shirt's fire peace out